Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are going to be talking about one of the most mental first rounds in NHL playoff history that I can recall. We're going to tell you what happened at the end of these series, a lot of Game 7s over the weekend, and then we'll also talk about what transpired at the end of the Manitoba Moose versus Milwaukee Admirals series, all coming up right on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Obviously, it is a uh, a pretty crazy past few days of NHL action. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about you know the playoffs, um, both for the Manitoba Moose and for the NHL at large. Before we get underway with tonight's episode, I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can find us on Odyssey, Megaphone, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, all the usual websites. Uh, it is totally free to follow and subscribe, and uh, it keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Um, we've got both video and audio podcasts. You can find the video on YouTube, so drop us a follow. We very much love and appreciate your support. Uh, before we also get a little bit too, uh, too ahead of ourselves, I just also wanted to shout out one of our awesome sponsors, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, before we talk about the NHL playoffs, I did want to start with uh, the Moose versus the Admirals. Um, unfortunately, Manitoba fell just a bit short against the Ads, two to one in Game Five. Uh, the Moose were really close to pulling off a reverse sweep, but this time, I think for maybe even the first time in the series, Milwaukee came to play. Uh, the ads haven't really been very good in this entire series, um, but the biggest issue for Manitoba was the lack of finishing talent. I think guys like Reichel and Perfetti missing out of the top six were super noticeable, um, and Perfetti probably on the power play too. Uh, that, that vision that he has along with the great release and superior distribution, uh, you know, it's, it's very noticeable when it's absent in part because the Moose have a really good ability to grind into the slot and around the net, but in terms of actually finishing on the multitude of chances they create, um, unfortunately, not so good. I, I do see that they tried really hard, and I thought that they pushed well. Um, they got close a couple of times, had a couple of great saves from Connor Ingram, but unfortunately, they just fell a bit short. And, you know, Bairdine in the series, I didn't love, and the deep pairings, for the most part, I really didn't love. Now, uh, I don't want to talk about some of these standout performances because I think there are some guys who might be ready to graduate to the NHL. Uh, David Gustafson, um, I thought he was okay. I didn't really notice him as much during the series. I thought that he had some good net front uh, drives and a couple of good interior slot chances. But, you know, I, I still think he's got more of an NHL future than he does with the Moose. I think it, if he can just stay healthy, it'd be great to get him promoted into um, at least like a third or a fourth line role next year. Hopefully he can kind of work his way up because I feel like if you just cast him in the bottom six, you're not really going to see what made him such a lethal force during the regular season for the Moose. But that aside, in terms of standout positives, 
I would say Declan Chisholm probably had one of the best individual moose performances uh, of any skater out there. He was an absolute force. Every time he stepped inside the offensive zone, something fun happened for the for the moose. Um, I feel like his lateral edge work, uh, the space creation that he was able to offer, and his you know excellent skating, his vision, his passing, as well as a pretty good shot, all of this made him a constant threat. I would almost describe him as like a more technical version of Neil Pionk in a lot of ways, which also means that, you know, defensively, he has a couple of gaps in his game. But I think with him, what you're kind of looking for is defense through a lack of uh, um, defensive time spent in your own zone. So he's constantly keeping the puck up the ice, creating offense, and frankly, just keeping the moose away from Bairdine. Uh In that respect, I think Shazom is awesome at this. So if you gave him like a sheltered role, say, uh, on the third pairing next year with somebody who's maybe a little bit more conservative, maybe a little bit more defensively attuned, but also doesn't hold him back from doing the things that make him special, say, like a DeMello type uh, of defender, I think he would absolutely be incredible, especially if you also give him power play time. This is something that I think the Jets really should explore more of. Uh, As good as Morrissey was this season, and uh, he he definitely wasn't a liability on the power play, um, I still think that an additional, you know, dose of puck mobility and puck moving ability at the blue line uh, on the power play would be really welcome. And Chisholm is just also really good at collapsing into the face-off circles uh, and picking his corners. I think he's got a great shot. I think he's very smart, uh, you know, when it's time to drop um, below the face-off circles, attack the slot area, and when he needs to kind of pull back. Again, you know, he's still going to make defensive mistakes and maybe some missed reads here and there, but you you easily take that when what he offers in transition and in offense is just so high event and so fun and so good. Uh, I would also say Vili Heinola, I thought, really acquitted himself. Had a couple of mistakes here and there that I thought he did a pretty decent job of recovering from. Um, but offensively, I mean, he's still doing what he does best, uh, really hitting those those first-time passes out of the defensive zone, getting good uh, puck possession up the ice through transition. He's very good at crossing through the neutral zone and entering the offensive zone with control. He can help, you know, really chaperone the back end and just keep things moving and cycling inside the offensive zone. Notched a number of points, uh, even had a really nice snipe. I think it was on the power play. Um just a great series from him. I really feel like he has certainly earned a look with the Jets. I know that for some reason Winnipeg still doesn't want to give him a shot, but let's hope next season is a different story with a new coaching staff. The last guy I'll talk about is Morgan Barron. I think Barron has just proven again that he does probably have a longer-term future with the Jets. I don't think that he does anything um, that's like mind-blowing, but it's not really necessary. I just think he has very clean execution offensively. I think that if you give him skill, he's got the smarts to know where to be, how to use his frame, and how to get into the really dangerous shooting areas. And so I think Morgan will actually fit quite nicely on the third line or even on the fourth line if you have uh, enough depth to where you can kind of push him down. I just don't think that I really want him playing with grinders. If you do that, I think it takes away a lot of the effectiveness of his game. Um, Put him with players who can actually hit him with passes. He's actually got a decent amount of finesse and sick handling in his game. Uh, we saw a couple of really nice goals, uh, certainly during the regular NHL season towards the end of the, the year. And with the Moose, he's had some nice power play stuff. Uh, just a really versatile player who I think, you know, as he starts to get more familiar with this team and gain more chemistry, might actually show a little more upside than we expected. But overall, 
you know, uh, a bit of a sad series for the Moose. You know, even still with these, you know, uh, unfortunate outcomes, some really great standout skater performances. Uh, some guys had a few, you know, bad spots. I'm not going to go over it too much right now. I'll, I'll save maybe the uh, the unfun business for another episode. But, you know, if you're looking forward to the future of the Jets, you got a really good glimpse of some of the top guys in our system in this series. Now, speaking of, uh, the, I guess, the future, so to speak, we're going to transition to talking about the NHL playoffs because round one has just concluded and uh, round two is actually currently having the schedule created. Um, I believe the league just posted it a few minutes ago. Uh, well, at the time of this recording, which is very, very early on Monday morning, but you're probably wondering what exactly transpired in the last couple of games of these series. We'll talk about who's moving on to round two and uh, what I noticed in some of these series in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, do want to uh, shout out tonight's title sponsors at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, and more, including basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. If you're not into those, you've also got uh, options like F1, European football, rugby, whatever sport you're into, betonline.net has your back. And they've also got Vegas casino games. Not into sports, no problem. They've got you covered there as well. So BetOnline really is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and so much more. It really couldn't be easier to get started. Go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device and be sure to check out all the great offers and all of the latest sports news so you can always stay in on the loop. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are about to transition to talking about the end of round one in the NHL 2022 playoffs. Uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, though, just wanted to say thanks again so much for choosing to make us your first listen of the day. While you're at it, I would also highly recommend checking out Locked On Now. Uh, if you've never heard of Locked On Now, this is a super awesome program. It features nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It also gives it to you in really bite-sized, digestible chunks, so you don't have to worry about waiting forever to get to the main meat and the most important takeaways. You'll also hear little tidbits about what you might find in some of these shows, uh, as well as uh, you know episode teasers, uh, the most important takeaways, some really fast, hard-hitting analysis. Lockdown Now is perfect for you, whether you're on the go or at home. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so check it out right now. Now, on to uh, the NHL playoffs, which just finished uh, the first round. It's been, oh man, what a crazy round one. Honestly, I feel like I had to take like a pause there just because trying to sum up how unbelievable this first round was, frankly, doesn't do it justice. I would actually say that right now, if the playoffs continue in the manner that they are currently tracking towards, at least for me personally, this might be one of the greatest playoffs of all time. We have had incredible upsets, incredible Game 7s, overtime action, um, and just clutch heroics that you don't really see all happening in one postseason picture. We'll start off with Carolina versus Boston. This is probably the least exciting of the series. Um, and even then, it actually had quite a bit of drama and intrigue. Boston was very close to forcing uh, Carolina into a bad position. You know, the Bruins, they're, they're veteran, they're very savvy. And they've gone through a lot of postseasons. You know, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, when Chara was around, of course, Rosk back in the old days. These guys had formed a nucleus that was, in many ways, one of the true 
sort of dynasties of the NHL. There's not many of them out there, but Boston in its heyday was just a perennial playoff performer. This team that they're trying to squeeze wins out of now obviously doesn't have a lot of time left, and I think they're extremely cognizant of that. And they sort of drew the the short straw of coming up against Carolina. I think the acquisition of guys like Taylor Hall has done, um, at times, a world of good in important moments. But I think during this series, you know, Hall had a bit of a uh, a bit of a no show performance. I don't know if it was necessarily his fault or if the Canes are just that good. But Carolina did a really good job of finding a backup replacement for Anderson in Antiranta, who came in and frankly put up pretty monster performances. I think he was one of the biggest difference makers in this in this series. And uh, Carolina has now won game seven, three to two to advance on to round two, where they will be facing an opponent that I think not many people would have expected to be uh, showing up there. We're not going to spoil that one, though, because that is a series I haven't talked about yet. The next series that I thought would be worth spotlighting uh, before we take a quick pause is Edmonton versus L.A. Now, this was a series that uh, I, I think a lot of people were kind of hoping Edmonton wouldn't advance because it would have been really funny if the Kings once again um, spoiled LA's or Edmonton's ambitions. Uh, the Kings, you know, they haven't been very good at all this series. In most of the games, they've been, well, frankly, outplayed and at times by a massive margin. But because it's playoff hockey and because Jonathan Quick was playing out of his mind, as well as Adrian Kempe having a monster postseason as well, there was more ambiguity as to who would actually come out of this. Uh, this game being at home, though, for the Oilers was probably a bit of a saving grace. And almost from the puck drop, Edmonton showed it, it came for business. You know, it meant to finish the series. I think they came out with a purpose. They dominated the Kings almost from, you know, the, 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 the first minute to the last. And I think L.A. really struggled to create much of anything. They had a few good chances here and there, but I think Mike Smith um, did a really good job of silencing people like me who dislike him. Uh, I think he's still not the greatest goalie out there, but, you know, during this postseason so far, he's done a really good job. It's just that when he has really bad mistakes, they tend to end up in the back of his net and maybe give Ellie a few too many chances. But, you know, overall, past couple of games, I thought that he put on a really good clinic and uh, Edmonton is now moving on to the second round. Now, Edmonton desperately needed uh, one series outcome to happen in order to have the fabled Battle of Alberta. And we're going to talk about that series in just a little bit because that one, probably one of the most exciting Game 7s you'll ever see, and it was an extremely one-sided game, which you might be wondering, well, how could it be exciting? You're going to find out in just a little bit. But before we get ahead of ourselves, do want to shout out one more other super cool sponsor that I think you would really enjoy. Uh, if you're into protein bars like me, you know that there's a lot of them out there, and yeah, most of them are just pretty dry and nasty. That's why Built Bar is super cool and super unique. They're the only built, or they're the only protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They're made with, uh, you know, great flavors like um, Birthday Cake Puff, which is a brand new one that just came out. They said it's like dipping your finger into a plastic tub of birthday cake frosting, but. Unlike actually eating real frosting, this comes with none of the guilt. It's only 150 calories and comes loaded with 16 grams of protein. What type of uh, frosting is going to give you that much nutritional value with none of the carbs uh, and so few calories? You really can't go wrong. You know, four to five grams of carbs at most in one of these. Awesome. 16 grams of protein. It gets you kickstarted for your next workout or just 
you know, building those muscle mass if you're if you're really training and trying to focus up. And you can stuff these in your kids' backpacks for a snack. Or if you want to skip the usual candy bar, have one as your dessert. You really can't go wrong with any of them. And if you can't choose some, from some of their awesome flavors, get the mix box. It comes with 12 flavors, and it gives you a great sampling so you can find your favorite on your next order. Now, if you want to get started and place your order, go to built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, at checkout, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of, episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, wrapping up the last few playoff series of round one. And uh, I, I said that, you know, Edmonton needed a result um, in another series for them to have the fabled Battle of Alberta, which I don't think has happened since I saw, I saw it on Twitter, like since 1991 in the playoffs. Um, and that out- outcome actually happened. Calgary has beaten Dallas 3-2 to two in overtime to win Game 7 and take the series. But you would not have guessed just how lopsided this game was. Calgary basically dominated Dallas from puck drop. And the only reason that it looked close at all was because Jake Ottinger for the Stars put on one of the absolute best goaltending performances I've ever seen. Uh, People were throwing around the name of Dominic Hasek to describe just how unbelievable it was. Uh, I I really can't put it into words. You just need to go find highlights if you haven't seen it. Um, If you didn't watch it, it was a very late game. But seriously, I... (laughs) Jake Ottinger, I mean, everyone, every single Stars player came up to him and actually gave him a a pretty long talk after the series ended because they knew just how incredible his performance was and how much they had relied upon him. I think Calgary had like 63 shots and Dallas had less than 30, I want to say. So, yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen a goaltending performance quite like that, aside from maybe something that Shesterkin has done or Hellebuck has done in previous seasons. And even then, I don't know if either of those guys really quite comes t- close to the same level. Apparently, uh, according to Evolving Wild, which does a lot of stats analysis and tracking, um, they estimated that he had something around 13 and a half goals saved above expectation, which that's more than some backups and, and goalies have in a regular NHL season. So, wow. All I can say is, wow. Um, I feel super bad for Ottinger, but a battle of Alberta, man. You really can't write a better script. And Johnny Goudreau had the game winner. Uh, He's had an amazing playoffs, an amazing regular season. Him versus McDavid, sign me up every day. Um, For for Canadian hockey, it wasn't all good news during this round one, though. Uh, Tampa Bay ended up beating Toronto 2-1, and this meant that Toronto is now eliminated for the 50 billionth time in round one, they've still yet to win a playoff series in years. Um, this time, though, I don't know that you can really say they choked. They came up against a very difficult opponent, and despite outplaying them, I mean, this is Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky did a really good job of covering a lot of Tampa's mistakes, and the Lightning are just so good at punishing you if you make a single error. And I think, you know, Toronto really didn't have a series uh, where they choked. I, I really feel that they put on a great show. I thought that they were the better team by a pretty fair margin but it's just sometimes when you desperately need those bounces that's when they start to dry up and I think in this case you know there were just a few opportunities where they were just very close to scoring but couldn't quite connect the dots uh, and then Tampa Bay would get a great counter and just like that the series was over I think it would be a mistake for the Leafs to overreact I really feel like this is probably a series where they don't really need to make many changes 
you might say Jack Campbell could be upgraded upon. Um, but other than that, I mean, try to bring back as much of this core as possible. I think that they had a fantastic series. And I, I think that they're really close to winning um, a round one here pretty soon. I know it sounds like kind of silly to say that, but for them, it's obviously been a huge mental hurdle. This year, though, I think the mentality of the team was very different. And the way that they played was just dynamite. So, yeah, Toronto should stay the course. I think they're their um, exercising of the demons that continue to haunt them is a lot closer than people think it is. Now, the final series that we're going to have is uh, Pittsburgh versus the Rangers. And this is the one that I was not expecting. The Rangers ended up winning 4-3 to three in overtime. And, wow. Uh, Igor basically stood on his head against a Pens team that, you know, is a little bit banged up and certainly doesn't have the world's best goaltending. But, you know, Tristan Jari came back Thought he looked a little rusty. Um, apparently, after the series was over, he was actually seen in the locker room limping with ice on his foot. So it's clear he wasn't really 100%. But, you know, this game had everything. It had late-game heroics from Zibanejad tying it 3-3. Uh, it had an amazing overtime winner from Panarin on the power play. I mean, you just saw so many great counters from the Rangers when they weren't really creating a lot. And yet, Pittsburgh was just the dominant team and, and could not quite finish it. Uh, every time Pittsburgh would get a lead, the Rangers would find a way to claw back, and ultimately that kind of killed them this series. Uh, I really can't say that the Pens should be too upset in a lot of ways. They lost their starting goalie, and they had a third stringer in net. So, you know, they got to Game 7. They had a really good chance at winning, but obviously if there is something that they're going to be upset about, it's that, you know, Malkin and Sid are are nearing the end of their NHL careers, and they don't have a lot of time left. And the Pens don't have a lot of cap space to work with. So, yeah, you know, the next uh, next round is going to be interesting. I'm going to talk about it on a future episode, notably tomorrow's episode. I'll preview what I think is going to happen in these series. Uh, we've got Tampa Bay versus Florida, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Florida rivalry. We've got St. Louis versus Colorado, which should be very heated between two Central Division teams that hate each other. Then you've got the Rangers versus Carolina. I'd be curious to know if the Rangers can pull off another magic trick against can against the canes but you know the one that everyone's circling is the battle of alberta edmonton versus calgary so again on tomorrow's episode episode we'll talk a little bit more about it and what i expect from these series maybe even have a host or two from some of these shows uh, come on and visit us over the next few days to talk about how they feel about these series but for tonight's episode that is going to be all the time that we have uh, i just wanted to say thanks again so much for choosing to make lockdown jets your first listen of the day every day I highly recommend you make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup guest, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so like, follow, and subscribe today. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!